Hey, just just put it on the goat. Nah, don't worry about it. Just nah, put it on the goat. The goat can deal with that. Oh, the Porter Baldwin bringing us in with intro music to the Sanguine Podcast. Oh, I cracked myself up the other day. I was going through posting some new podcasts. And in the intro here, I totally introduced this podcast as another podcast. I'm just telling you because I edited it out and you would have never known. But just just keeping it real here. So welcome to the Sanguine Podcast. I am your host, Tom Baldwin. Hey, I am in love with Jesus, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I have to tell you, I woke up in the middle of the night feeling really discouraged and really stressed and almost felt like an attack. And I couldn't tell if it was in my own mind or there were forces out there that were after me, but nonetheless, woke up, panicked, couldn't get my thoughts under control. And finally, I just begin to pray. And as I begin to pray, and all prayer is, is talking to God. I'm just like, God, I can't get to sleep. My thoughts are like intense. They're driving me crazy. The father just said, tuck in under my wing. I was like, well, that's, that's super sweet, Tom, but what the hell do you do with that? Remember, we've talked about in previous episodes how your mind's eye, your imagination is the place where the Holy Spirit works and it's the place where new realities and those new futures are created. So what did I do? I went in my imagination. I imagined myself tucking in under God's wing. What happened? Well, for one, I felt like his voice began to speak to me. And he began to say things to me that were highly encouraging. And one of them was, as I look out the window, he's like, the sun is coming, Tom. And more than just for the morning, the warmth is coming. The restoration is coming. Super encouraging, right? This is just from praying. Pretty amazing. And I was able to get some sleep and enjoy the Father as he spoke to me and encouraged me. And so, ah, yeah, I am I am in love with God, and I am so appreciative that he desired to have a relationship with me, and he wants me in this relationship. Do I struggle with my faith? Heck yeah, like everybody else. Do I have all the questions? No. You hear me talk, and I aspire for amazing things, right? I am from the king. I'm here on his behalf to overrule injustice. I aspire to the things that the scripture talks about. Do I get discouraged? I do when I pray for things and the answers don't come as I want. Or I talk about these supernatural miracles and I pray for someone who's sick and they end up not getting well, which I have to say isn't happening as much as it used to. God is answering my prayers, which are pretty incredible. But when it doesn't happen the way that I think that it should, I get discouraged. So I struggle like you. Don't let it take from your aspirations and don't let it take from the high standard that the scripture calls us to. I believe in the reality that God wants, that he desires, and his expectation is that we do greater things than he does. But in this transition period, we have to keep that new reality as we move from this one into that one. We have to risk it. We have to exercise it. And we have to be able to get up when we get discouraged. And man, have I got discouraged. So big sidetrack in the entry there. Hey, if you love this podcast and you want to share it with a friend, one of the best ways to do it is to go to sanguinefaith.com 
If you go to sanguinefaith.com, it has the embedded player there in the website. So someone can listen there or they can link up to a platform that they like on the website. It's a really easy way to find podcasts like mine that are smaller, starting out, they're growing, but they're not highly visible and sometimes they're hard to find. It's really easy to link up to it from the website. And on the website, those of you that donate, you know about the donate buttons. Those of you that don't know about the donate buttons, hey, there's donate buttons in there and you can just click through those. It's really easy to give me a few bucks, five, 10, 15 mil, right? It's really easy to do that by just going through those buttons. And I just take that as an encouragement. It goes towards the ongoing costs of this podcast, like hosting, uh, transcription, uh, what are some of the other website domain? I mean, there's a lot of fees out there. It's not as expensive as you think, but it's also not as cheap as you think. And then lastly, well, two things. Would love it if you hit the link on the website and went to Apple Podcasts and rated the podcast. Five stars. I, five stars helps me. Anything else doesn't really help me. So thank you for that. And in Pandora, you can rate every episode. And so that's really encouraging also. And then 406bigt at gmail.com. You can email me. I'd love, love to hear from you. So thank you for what you do, Sanguine Community. Thank you for being optimistic. Thank you for encouraging people during these times. Thank you for reaching out to people that are hurting during these times. Thank you for what you do. The small and large things, I hear about them. It really encourages my heart. Just thank you. Thank you. Good job. Keep going keep doing. So today we're going to talk about the scapegoat. In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, there was what was called a scapegoat. On the Day of Atonement during Yom Kippur, I didn't pronounce that right. Those of you that are Jewish, I'm, I'm sorry, but there were two goats that were part of this festival. One of the goats was chosen. Well, there were two goats chosen, and then there was Oh, it was a coin flip or, or some um, thing where God could say which goat he wanted for which. And so we'll just say it's a coin toss. I actually, you know, they also use the Urim and Thurim. And I don't know if that was part of it, um, but it was a way to let God decide whether it was casting lots. But the one that won the casting or the coin flip was the one that would be sacrificed. And the other one was the one that would, the sins of the people would be put on. You're just like, what? I know it's kind of weird, right? The sins that Moses and Aaron, I believe it was mostly Moses, but probably when he stuttered, Aaron had to say, no, goat, this is actually, <laughs> that's kind of, yeah, we're not going to go there. But would actually put his hand on the goat's head and speak all the sins of the people. For one, if if I was part of that tribe, the list would probably be pretty long. So if you had a lot of people like me there, you maybe need more than one day, or maybe they just kind of did general sin topics, you know, like, uh, how, what would it be? Greed, you know, dishonesty, lust, you know, the whole list that most of us deal with on some level during our lives and on a daily basis. And I'm not sure what the actual routine was, but saying all these things on this goat and then this goat would be released and led out into this wilderness and allowed to roam free. And that was how the sins of the Israelites were taken away from the camp. So the sins of the previous year were taken from the camp. I know, right? There probably needed to be an ongoing goat, you know, one passing through every day or two 
So <laughs> it's not the way it worked. It was one goat was sacrificed and then one goat took the sins away. And I love this story because everything in the Old Testament usually ties back into the New Testament. And there's a correlation. God doesn't just make up a whole new thing in the New Testament. He uses this system that is set in place in the Old Testament to exemplify and highlight what's going on in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, we have Jesus come onto the scenes, and Jesus died for our sins. It's a pretty popular belief that Jesus was punished for our, our sins, and that often there's portrayed like this courtroom, and there's this trial, and we see, you know, Jesus is pronounced guilty on our behalf. Well, I just want to break that apart for a while and maybe give you some different things to think about and some imageries that a friend of mine passed along to me that has helped me come into what I see reading scriptures as a much more accurate picture of what's actually going on. And the scapegoat definitely plays a role in this. For one, and I don't know what court system, if there's a murderer on trial and he's found guilty, that someone else can come in and take his place. That just never happens. That's not allowed because what? We don't want a murderer on the street. So even the analogy that Jesus was punished for our sins, that he took our place really doesn't add up. I know there's a strong narrative behind it, but it really doesn't add up. And two, the Day of Atonement, it doesn't really add up into that story either. Because what happened? One was sacrificed, and you may think it was punished, but it wasn't punished. It was sacrificed. It went up to God as a sweet offering. God is not a cruel, statistic God. He does not take pleasure in pain. And so the goat They're offered up. They're always killed in a kosher fashion. So they're killed and then they're sacrificed. And then the scapegoat, so there's two goats. There's the one, there's the sacrifice. There's the scapegoat, the goat that took the sins. So when Jesus came into this world and when he died, the imagery and the scripture says that he took our sins as far as the east is from the west. So unlike the scapegoat, and if I was in ancient Israel, I would always be a little worried. What if you saw that same goat show back up in the camp? You're like, oh my gosh, we went from day of atonement to day of judgment. The scapegoat is back. Our sins are here, compounded with the sins we have already since that goat left. And what, there's a goat from the year before? What could get pretty dang scary, in, in my opinion. But Jesus... And the reference is he took our sins as far as the east is from the west. Jesus was not punished for our sins. Jesus bore our sins. Jesus was a burden bearer. Jesus took and bore our sins. He took them as far as the east is from the west. Jesus was a bearer of sin. He was also a sacrifice. He wasn't punished, but he was a sacrifice. So he fits into this role. And it's interesting because he was a high priest. And then he also played the role of the scapegoat, but he also played the role of the sacrifice. So Jesus fulfills this Old Testament history and this whole idea that has been thought of that Jesus was punished for our sins. Now, there is prophecy, and it talks about how Jesus was bruised And the process of the crucifixion, the painful crucifixion, the sacrifice that Jesus gave, but God never punished him. 
God did not punish him. He wasn't punished. God allowed Jesus to take the sins away. He took our sins right now and current, well, that is right now, past, present, and future away. The the Old Testament is so critically important when we look at these scriptures. Then we look at the scriptures more closely, and we can't find anywhere in scripture where God punished Jesus for our sins. Now, did Jesus suffer cruelty at the hands of men? Absolutely, he did suffer cruelty from the hands of men, but that has nothing to do with God punishing him for sin. Jesus was hurt by sinful people, right? God did not punish him. There is an incredible difference there, and it is super important to understand that Jesus is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy for good, okay? This is the one and done. When Jesus came, he was a scapegoat. He was a sacrifice. He's also our high priest. And he proved that he had the power to do these things. He proved that he could take our sin as far as the east is from the west by rising from the dead. That's the kicker. We can all say a lot of things, and they probably would come true if we could bring ourselves back from the dead. Please don't go out there and try it. This is one of those things that you do not want to try at home. So I just thought it was super interesting. It, it, it For myself, it brings richness in seeing how Jesus' death, and it never did sit well that God the Father punished Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was a scapegoat. So why would he change it? He would just perfect it and bring it to a conclusion as Jesus becomes that perfect scapegoat, taking our sins away once and for all. Hey, my friends, I so appreciate you. I just pray that the spirit of Jesus, in that he took your sins away as a burden bearer, he also says in Matthew that he wants to take your other burdens away and he wants to give you a light yoke. And so right now, those of you out there that are feeling heaviness and you're just weighted down, I just declare Jesus light yoke over you, the burden bearer, the burden taker over you, that you would fill him, lift your load, that you would fill his peace over you right now. And I just bless you and declare his favor and goodness over you and uh, have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.